Hey, it's C.S. Joseph with csjoseph.life, doing another episode for season 15. This is episode 4. We're going to be talking about how control uh, differs uh, from movement and why control and movement and knowing them is important for helping you understand and interpret the type grid so that you understand how to type yourself and others. So control versus movement comes from uh, Dr. Linda Barron's uh, model or way of doing things in terms of how to type yourself and others, identifying interaction styles, and then also identifying your temperament, etc. So that's what we use control and movement for, and as much as we've been talking about informative versus direct, or initiating versus responding, right? So there's three, these three different things that you have to be aware of uh, in understanding their uh, interaction style. So if you could figure out, hey, you're direct versus movement, or hey, you are initiating versus responding, or hey, if you are control versus movement, as what we're going to be talking about in today's episode, then you kind of have an idea of exactly where anyone and your interaction style is. So let's talk about the interaction styles real quick. So interaction styles, you have the direct initiating control types, also known as the in-charge or structure types, and then you have the uh, get things going types, also known as the starter types. People who start a bunch of things and have a lot of energy at the beginning, but at the end they kind of peter out a little bit and uh, basically are lacking in uh, you know the ability to finish. But then you have the uh, finisher types, which they have a difficult time starting new things, but they could definitely finish almost anything, right? Put a lot of energy into the finish because they see it through to the end, right? So we also have the... Uh, background types, also known as behind the scenes, and they are informative, responding, control. Uh, so as you could tell, using the type grid, there's differences, right, when you're trying to identify their interaction style. Because here's the beauty of identifying an interaction style. If you know their interaction style, you've just eliminated 12 of the other types, right? Literally just 12. And that's important really important because you have to use the type grid with deduction, right? Deductive reasoning. It's all about, well, process of elimination, right? Once you have the right process of elimination down, you kind of have an idea of how it works. The more types you're able to eliminate, finally, the last type that you have is obviously what type they are, right? This is especially important when you're trying to identify ENTPs. ENTPs are notoriously difficult to type and actually in a lot of MBTI circles they straight up teach people, oh hey, if you don't know what type you are, you must be an ENTP. Or if you don't know what type they are, put them in an ENTP box, basically. That's been very, very typical for uh, like any MBTI course or test that has ever been administered to me, right? If you just don't know, then you must be an ENTP. Well, that's why we have the type grid. Thank you, Dr. Linda Behrens, for your methodologies because we've been able to take the type grid and finally have a quick and surefire way to the point where if you have mastered the type grid, within seconds of coming into contact with any human being, you know exactly what type they are, you know exactly what their cognitive functions are as a result, and then you know exactly how to interact with them how to optimize your behavior 
to to get the best possible experience and the best possible result of your interaction with this fellow human being, right? That's that's why we're doing this, right? So mastering the type grid becomes key, absolutely critical to success when it comes to having relationships or interacting with any human being. This could be your spouse, this could be your children, any member of your family, anyone at school, any professional relationship, right? All of these things are tracked, understood, taken care of, right? So so just be aware of these little intricacies, right? It's important that we utilize the type grid as much as possible because, for example, um, if you understand it, and if, and if a lot of people understand how it works, like say if it was deployed at schools, imagine how great it would be to finally have various curriculae, various ways of teaching at schools, optimized specifically for the audience of different children. So yeah, you would have 16 different kinds of curriculum available, right? Very important. So, wow. Got a lot of them barking dogs here in this neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, well, probably don't like me very much. Anyway, so that's why we're learning this. That's why we're focusing so much time on the type grid and how to use it properly. So today's lecture, we're gonna be talking about the difference between control and movement, right? So I'm movement. I, I'm, I am movement. I'm all about speed, right? what movement types are all about we have a need for speed seriously have a need for speed <laughs> some types have a higher speed need for speed than others take for example ENFPs and uh, INTJs those two types they're triple movement when you're triple something that basically means your ego your subconscious and your unconscious uh, basically are all movement interaction style so that means you're really fast, super quick. Uh, sometimes you give people whiplash, you're so quick in making decisions. And, uh, or you drive really fast. You're always trying to, you know, gotta go somewhere quick, you know? <laughs> Oftentimes, movement types can find themselves in this pattern of hurry up and wait, right? And that's kind of just like, wow, okay, hurry up and wait, right? No, that's not... That's not exactly the most appropriate way of doing it, but I mean, I'm guilty of it. So yeah, hurry up and wait. Movement. Movement is very focused on progress. That's the key. It actually is how anyone attains progress is control versus movement. People have a way to get the progress that they want in their life, right? So movement person, chaos. Chaos can be introduced in a situation and to get things unstuck, to get things moving again. And then because they're unstuck, because progress has occurred, they're okay, right? So take this like in terms of a relationship, right? Uh, if you're in a relationship with somebody just starting out, you know, and uh, say they're a... Um, they're chart the course, right? They're uh, the direct responding movement uh, type, and you're in a relationship with them, you just started out with them. Well, that uh, finisher, basically, because they're a finisher, that finisher type, uh, if you 
aren't paying much attention to them or uh, are not interacting with them very much. There's like a lack of movement there and it'll drive them nuts, right? They don't need to like have a declaration of, oh, you know, you're committing to me. You're going to get married to me right now. It's not about it. They just want progress. They want the, the relationship to progress further, right? If there's a lack of interaction, it means to them that things have stagnated, right? Movement types hate stagnation. Stagnation is everything a movement type is against, right? Stay away from stagnation. Stagnation is like the bane of the movement type's existence. Definitely not something I would recommend. Wow. I should like learn how to pronounce something better anyway. So with that being said, progress. It's all about progress because movement types can get progress in the midst of chaos, right? And sometimes they introduce chaos in order to get the movement or to put a stop to the stagnation. Uh, even if it's kind of random, they'll introduce chaos. They will use chaos, basically, chaos is a ladder, right? And INTJ said that. Chaos is a ladder. And you're able to get additional progress or extract progress out of a situation or a relationship, maybe even a game or I mean, like, not just a video game, I mean, even like a basketball game, just by introducing chaos. Because it may be necessary to keep things fresh, right? Movement is all about keeping things fresh. You'll also notice something that movement is actually kind of, it's almost a little feminine in some ways, because that's what feminine is all about. Like, according to David Data in The Way of the Superior Man, he talks about how. The feminine exists to keep the energy going, right? Movement is no, um, is no, uh, like movement's a part of that. It's no exception to the rule, basically. Movement is no exception. So understand that. Stagnation is the enemy of the movement types. And they move very quickly. And they make decisions very quickly in some cases. Although that's not to say that some control types don't make decisions quickly. I know ENTJs can be very impulsive and make decisions very quick. If the one thing that they've been looking for for a long time is staring them right back in the face, they're going to go for it, and they're not going to wait. It's going to because it means everything to them because they've been waiting for it for so long, right? They've been planning for it. It's it, it, so it actually looks and appears that they're being impulsive when in reality, it's not because it's something they've been thinking about for a very long time, something they've been dreaming about for a very long time, right? So, but let's let's talk a little bit about control. So control types, different, right? Chaos, or progress cannot occur in the midst of chaos. So take an ESTJ, for example, an ESTJ man, and uh, he's very process-oriented, everything has a routine, everything has a certain way of doing things, and it's like they constantly have to remove chaos no matter wherever they are or whatever they're doing, because chaos can continue to be an issue. Um, you know, it's like chaos is a is a threat, basically, a threat to the ENTJ, and they have to get rid of it. It's like they're they're looking around in life, and then everything they look is just kind of shaking and chaotic to them, and they they exist to bring everything into order, right? Ah, 
that is what control is it's order now you remember me talking about in one of my lectures what is the mature feminine uh the queen archetype and i talk about a lot i say the phrase order determines outcome over and over and over that is literally the way control types work they need to have things in order for them to have a specific outcome progress cannot occur right Progress cannot occur in the midst of chaos. If chaos is present, they cannot get the progress that they desperately seek, right? So it's the other side of the coin. Whereas movement types, they need the chaos in order for them to get the progress they want, right? And then when you take a movement type and a control type, you put them together in a relationship, it becomes orderly chaos or organized chaos. Oxymoronic, yes, I understand. But that's literally how it works. That's literally what's happening. And, uh, you know, be aware of that, right? You know, uh, although there are some relationships where it's movement plus movement uh, or control plus control, depending on, you know, compatibilities, etc. cetera. Uh, even uh, professional relationships, it may be good to have both or one or the other. It really just depends on uh, which algorithm we're using to determine compatibilities. It's social compatibilities, it's professional compatibilities, it's sexual compatibility. There's a lot of different compatibilities to be aware of when it comes to the cognitive functions and the various interaction styles. But for the most part, there is synergy and there's also you know some, some polarity or anti-synergy, I guess, between control versus movement, right? So I'm not going to tell you that, oh, if you're a movement type, you should be with another movement type. I'm not going to tell you, oh, if you're a control type, you should be with another control type. Although it does work. Um, it works really well. Like if we're just going to talk like ideal type relationships, like for intuitives, ENTJs ideally would be with INTPs or ENTPs would ideally be with INTJs, right? That's the NTs. And for the NFs, it would be ENFJ uh, plus INFP, or it would be INFJ plus ENFP, right? Movement, movement, control, control. Okay, that makes sense. Ah, however, ideally speaking, if we're going to look at the sensors, it's a little bit different, right? You have ESTP and ESTJ. Those are both control, right? You have ISTP plus, IS, um, plus ESFJ. That's movement, movement, right? Um, wait a minute. Excuse me. ISTP, ESTJ is movement control. My bad. That's actually the better. The better one is not the same as ESTJ, ESTP. Sometimes I get confused from old frameworks and models I used to use. Um, so let's do ESTP again. ESTP control would be with ISTJ movement, right? So again, there's a case for control versus movement. So. But, you know, if you look at their secondary, second highest, that would be ESTP, ESTJ, okay? And that's control, control, right? So, again, it just depends on the kind of compatibility you want, you know, uh, or how your human nurture has impacted your human nature. Because, for example, if you were an ESTP, right, naturally speaking, uh, you don't, you know, where you're at in your life at that point in time, you cannot afford to have any additional chaos in your life. So you would want to be with an ESTJ to help bring more order to your life, right? Uh, that's not to say that an ISTJ could still bring order to an ESTP's life, because they definitely can. But it, it really just depends. It depends on what uh, flavor in mind that you have for your face-to-face -face relationships or your shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder relationships. It just really depends. It depends on what you need. It depends what your human nurture um, 
would would prefer essentially so so with that in mind um we need to be aware of okay great any type could technically be compatible with any type from this interaction potentially yes but that's not the point the point is we're trying to learn how to type people here so you need to understand the differences between control and movement in these ways. Remember, order determines outcome. That is central and core to the control type. Now, how does this look? It looks like they do everything in an orderly fashion, right? The control types. It has nothing to do with them being so like very controlling, right? It has nothing to do with being controlling. Although oftentimes control types, especially ESTJs and ENTJs, TE heroes, which I just did a type comparison lecture on them both, they are often accused of being too controlling. Really, the best way to say it is that they're too orderly, right? The reason is they have to have things in order because they can't mentally deal with chaos. If there's chaos present, they feel like they're not gonna make progress anywhere. Like they're not gonna get to where they need to go, right? They have to have that order. They need to be in relationships with people that respect their need for order, right? So that's why it's all about control. That's why they go at their own pace. They take their time, right? Unless, of course, like if you're an ENTJ, you find that one thing that you know that you've been waiting for and you want it that badly, you're going to stop at nothing to get it. And definitely you're going to hit the gas on that and go speed racer and get it. But again, generally, primarily, order determines outcome. Everything is done in an orderly manner. It follows a routine. It follows a process because, again, you know, like for example, ENTJ's case, they get distracted, right? Because they're SE child. They get distracted, and then all of a sudden they look at the clock. Five hours have gone by. They're not able to meet their responsibilities, right? So they have to exercise some amount of control or order in their life to prevent time from just slipping out of their fingers and that they're using their time effectively, right? It's very important, right? INFPs, they need order so that they can stay comfortable because their comfort is based on order, right? So order means something different to each of the control types, but it is still a need that they have and it's how they interact with others. And if things get out of control, they freak out. They freak out in some way. Or, for example, a movement type, they freak out if there's a lack of progress, if there's a lack of movement, if there's a lack of energy, if things start to stagnate. So here's where a potential conflict can come in between control versus movement. Control, can, if, if something is too orderly, if, uh, if the grip of a control type is so strong over certain areas of life, especially in relationships, the movement person in the relationship will freak out and believe that there is stagnation in the relationship and there's no life in the relationship and that the relationship is literally dying, right? And that is a problem. That is what they fear. That is not good, right? But from the orderly control type, it's just like, no, man, we got things under control. We're all good. But the movement type's like, but there's no progress. There's a... Uh, there's death because the river stops flowing. So you remember, to a movement type, it's all about the river. It's all about how it's all about how to keep the river flowing. 
because where there's a river flowing, there's life, right? The only proof of life is growth, and you only get growth with movement. That's all the movement type wants. It just wants progress, and it will bring chaos in order to force movement, in order to force progress, if the control type or even outside of the control type, if it's just an unfair situation or a situation that is stagnated in some way, shape, or form. Because, for example, there's even situations that will, or circumstances that will cause a relationship or some interaction to stagnate, even outside of the control of the control type, even outside of their own order. And it's up to the movement type to step up to the plate to introduce some chaos, try something else, try something different, and then guess what? It works. And then the control type actually adjusts, you know, their process, their routine, their order to compensate for the additional chaos. And then they're more successful themselves, right? So it's actually really healthy for a control type, for example. It's very healthy for them to be around a movement type to keep them going, right? To make sure that they don't stagnate because it allows them to adjust and grow their order so that they get even additional progress, right? Conversely, it's also very important for a movement type to be around a control type because sometimes they get so chaotic. It's like, it's like they're on a rocking horse, right? A lot of movement, but not going anywhere, right? They're not actually getting progress. And they keep adding chaos and adding chaos and adding chaos and they're not going anywhere because of it. And then they end up stagnating. Weird. So too much movement, right? The point is it needs to be balanced. Life is about balance, right? The Tao, yin and yang, right? You gotta be pliable with the yin, but sometimes you have to take a stance with yang. Sometimes you gotta be okay with a lot of dogs barking at you. So, just remember, order determines outcome. Control types are all about the order. They go at their own pace. They go on their own order. They take their time. They take their time to do everything because if you have to do it quickly, well, there's a chance it's not gonna be done right, right? Control types, they understand the triple constraints. The triple constraints. Timeline, budget, specifications. Also known as cheap, fast, or right. You only get to pick two, right? If you're doing everything fast all the time, which is what movement types like to do, they prioritize fast. Well, that means it's either going to be, you know, really expensive, you know, because for example, if you wanna do something fast and right, that means it's going to be expensive. Well, if you wanna do something fast and cheap, it's not gonna be done right. See, whereas the control type, they take it a little bit different, right? Going at their own pace. They're, they could do things cheaply and they could do things right. It's just gonna take a long time, right? It's a different way of looking at it, okay? Control versus movement, two sides of the same coin. It's how the human being is able to get progress. Do they utilize chaos to get it or do they utilize order to get it? That's the difference, okay? So if you see someone who's behaving pretty chaotically or they're moving very quick, they're very fast. Uh, one of the ways to test this, set down your family 
and have a meal together. Have everyone start eating at the same time and literally time your family. Watch who finishes their plate first. Those are the movement types. Watch who finishes their plate last. Those are the control types, basically. It's a very simple exercise. And it'll kind of show you just an example of how they interact. Um, driving. Driving is another one. I talk about driving all the time, especially with INJs. And they're, they're the, of the 16 types, they are the last types of all the 16 types to learn how to drive. And sometimes, in some cases, they never learn how to drive. But that's just how it is in first world society, I guess. Kind of a nurtural thing. But, you know, people that really drive slow on the road typically are control types. People that drive super quick on the road are movement types, right? Because they got to go fast. And they're comfortable with being in the midst of chaos. If things are too stagnated, it's going to freak out. Like, for example, let's say that if you're, you're in gridlock on the freeway, and you have the choice to continue on the freeway or get off on, on an exit, a movement type, even if their app is telling them on their phone, is telling them that if they stay on the freeway, it's going to take them less time to get home, but they have to suffer the gridlock of getting home, they would rather exit the freeway, right? They would rather exit the freeway, which would be a longer route home, but as long as they're moving, they're okay, right? It's weird. Whereas the control type would just be like, eh, I'm fine being patient here, sitting in the traffic and getting home because my app tells me I'm just gonna get home, right? Order, order versus chaos. Which tools are being used to get the progress that they want in their life? Is this person have the, pre the perspective of progress cannot occur in the midst of chaos? Is this person uh, someone who has progress can occur in the midst of chaos, right? Very important. Does this person complain about stagnation, right? A lot of people would say stereotypically that movement is more of a female thing and control is more of a male thing. And that's really a cultural bias that we have here in first world culture, especially this SJ society of the United States of America. Okay, I can understand that argument, but it's not good enough. It's not ideal, it's not, it's not real. It's not, uh, it's not based on facts um, because the reality of the situation is anyone can be movement, anyone can be control, right? And uh, I get that sometimes women need to challenge their men and put their men in check, right? Because they're concerned about stagnancy. Because as a feminine person, they are concerned about life and growth and movement. And stagnation is a sign of, you know, there's no life, there's no growth, right? So you'd have that... Uh, ISTP woman who's getting in the face of her ESTJ man and being like, you're being lazy and you're not doing anything and come on, get moving, you know, and then uh, the ISTJ realizes it's their duty to go out and mow the lawn today, you know what I mean, instead of, you know, sitting on the couch doing nothing and looking forward to open up a new bottle of wine later that night. <laughs> but again, control versus movement, this is how this works. Control is based on order, right? Order determines outcome. It's all about progress. It's all about the outcome they're trying to get. Movement types are okay with chaos to get the progress that they're looking for, to get the outcome that they're looking for. Too much control, too much order can lead to stagnation, in as much as too much chaos can lead to stagnation. One flies by the seat of their pants, so that's movement. The other one takes their jolly sweet time to do everything, right? 
because they take their jolly sweet time, they, uh, they go at their own pace, right? Very control-oriented. It's not about being controlling, right? Although it looks like that sometimes when it comes to a person's order, right? Because of how they've ordered their life and disrupting that order, well, it would make them uncomfortable or they just end up having like this lack of sense of control over their life, right? I mean, even ENFJs do this. They're a control type and I'm with an ENFJ right now. And sometimes she tells me, oh, I feel like my life is spinning out of control, right? It's like a very normal thing for her to think or to feel, basically. Oh, my life is spinning out of control. And I'm like, no, I think we're doing great. There's a lot of chaos going around. Movement is happening. You're having progress. And I point out the progress that she's getting, right? But she doesn't feel like she's having progress because it's all out of control. It's not something that she planned out specifically, right? And it's not a direct result of her planning or the direct result of her order, basically. So that's just, you know, that's the difference. So understanding the control versus movement is very important in determining interaction styles because movement, movement is very important in that regard. Movement represents the finishers. It also represents the starters. Control represents the in-charge types, and it also represents the background types. So if you identify, oh, that person is control, you've just eliminated eight types. If you identified, oh, that person is movement, you've just eliminated eight types. No problem, right? You've completely eliminated what they are, and then you just gotta figure out, okay, are they direct, are they informative? You know, if you've identified, okay, this guy is direct, but he's movement, that means he is a see-it-through type. He's a finisher, okay? Or you're talking to some woman, you're like, oh, wow, she's really informed, and she moves really quick. Wow, okay, whoa, you know, she's, she's informed, she's movement, okay, she's a starter type. And then you're like, okay, well, what next? And then she's talking about possibilities and what if, well, what if this happens, what if this happens? Okay, that's very abstract. So she's either an ENTP or an ENFP. And you look at her and you find out that she's not really independent, right? So that means she's affiliative, ergo she is an ENFP, for example. So we'll talk more about affiliative and those other roles very soon in the next lecture in this, uh, well, we're gonna be talking about abstraction and concreteness in the next lecture of this uh, particular lecture series in season 15, so. Anyway, with that being said, I think I've beat this uh, dead horse uh, pretty well and uh, got blood all over my feet because of it. And uh, I don't think it's necessary to talk about control versus movement at this point. I think I've pretty much well defined it. So with that being said, um, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, insightful, and enlightening, please subscribe to the channel here on YouTube and also on the podcast. Leave a like while you're at it. I really like likes because if you actually like like the video or like the lecture, please like because it supports the channel. And uh, if you have any questions about this, leave it in the comments section. I'll do my best to answer uh, your questions. And uh, also, if you haven't joined the Discord server, please do. The link is in the description. We do the Q&A sessions off of the Discord. Everyone puts their questions in the Q&A channel. And I will answer those questions on our next uh, Q&A session, which I believe is scheduled three weeks from now. And then also our Bay Area Meetup group uh, for this community is also available, and that link is also in the descriptions. So anyway, 
Good luck to all of you with uh, learning how to type people and, uh, and trying to identify the interaction styles. Remember, success for the uh, type grid comes with uh, you first identify someone's interaction style and then you identify their temperament. And as soon as you do that, like times tables, you immediately know their type, 100% accurate. You don't have to worry about some stupid test. And within seconds of coming into contact with a human being, you know what type they are, you know how they think, you know how they feel, you know where their fear exists, you know where their worry exists, you know what makes them really happy, you know how to interact, them, interact with them for the better to get the absolute best possible or optimal result as a result of interacting with them, right? That was like world word soup there, but anyway. But that's the point. So good luck to you, you folks with identifying interaction styles. This is the last lecture on interaction styles, and then we're going to be talking about temperaments in the next lecture. So with all that being said, you folks have a good night.